We left off here last November. We had all of our special events at the end of the year and all of our Christmas activities and then all of our close out in the year of activities and all of our opening of the year activities and all of our special events at the beginning of the year activities. But now it's just time to get back into line upon line, precept upon precept teaching. A church doesn't grow by special events. We grow by just good teaching week after week. We've gone through a very detailed study of chapter 1 and the first part of chapter 2. We've, we've learned who Paul was in their life and how he came into their life. We've learned, took several weeks to learn the beautiful new creation truths of who we are in Christ Jesus. We've studied big words of their culture that was drastically affecting their Christianity and drastically affecting their concept of God and their relationship with God. And Paul had to bring correction. He challenged them about the Roman cultural concept of meritocracy and patronage and Sophia or wisdom and reciprocity. And then we learned an incredible set of truths about Paul's leadership style. Paul chose to allow his human weakness, his human weakness to be seen so that God would be glorified. He chose not to use an impressive presentation so that instead people would be impressed with Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, this is, this, is, this is so important to learn today because we, we live in a world where the, there's this new style of Christian leadership and it's all about the, the perfection of a pastor and they only can keep that illusion going by having no relationships and no closeness with the people. And, you know, I'm sorry, shepherds smell like sheep. Paul said, listen, I, I don't want you to be impressed with my perfection. I don't want you to be impressed with my strength and my ability. He said, that, that's not what this is all about. He said, I, I, I want you to see my weakness. I want you to see that, that, that I'm not this great person, but that God is the great one, that everything that is done is, is the work of God. And he said, I don't, want to, I don't want you to come and be impressed with me. He said, I, I want you to see past me. And I want you to be impressed with Christ. Then we began to focus in chapter 2, verse 6, on the concept of wisdom. He said, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are, are coming to nothing. So we learned the principle. Maturity determines content. Audience determines content. If you're dealing with a spiritually immature congregation, you have to teach the milk. If you're dealing with a spiritually mature congregation, you can teach the meat of the word. And we learn the contrast between spiritual maturity and spiritual immaturity. And then we began to focus on how do we establish a pattern in our life for spiritual growth? We, we said it must be the aim or focus of our life, that we must be willing to go through the proverbial struggle of a learning curve, that we need to learn obedience to Christ in the areas that he's working on with us. He may not be speaking to anybody else about it, but he, he's speaking to us about it. And we have to be willing to go through some trials and never quit so that perseverance may develop maturity. And we need to be tied in and committed to a local church. That is only, we will only mature when we are the recipients of the ministry of all the other members of the body. That we will only mature when we sit under pastoral ministry and teaching. And we only mature as we experience pastoral prayer. He said, listen, these, these ministries of pastoral teaching and ministry and pastoral prayer and the ministry of the other members of the body, these are necessary for spiritual growth. So when people say, well, I love, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. I, I love Jesus, but I don't want to be a part of the church. When people talk like that, they are revealing to you that they are a spiritual baby. They're a spiritual what? Baby. 
They're what Paul would call a spiritual baby because there can be no maturity separated from the rest of the body. We then began to focus on the concept of wisdom, that all ministry must flow from a core of wisdom, that basically wisdom is, is the how-to, is the what does this mean to you. But Paul said, listen, the, the wisdom that the how-to and the application comes from is not the wisdom of this age and the wisdom of this world. It, it's got to flow from heaven. So Paul said, listen, ministry is not about learning a set of facts. Facts are beautiful, but facts don't change lives. It's only the confrontation of truth that changes lives. It's, it's only facing the reality of who we are and going, okay, this is what that means to me, and this is how I need to change, and this is how I need to grow, and this is how I integrate this in my life. That is where spiritual growth comes from. But that wisdom, that application of how-to, that application of what, did this mean, what does this mean to me, it, it can never flow from a worldly concept. It can't flow from a, a power book's book. It has to flow from heaven. Now let's pick up from there, chapter 2, verse 6. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, that they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things, these things that God has prepared for those who love him, these things have these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Now we're going to look at three thoughts today. A truth that requires the Spirit's revelation. This is something you will only learn by a revelation of the Spirit. Secondly, why is it that man's wisdom is so limited and cannot comprehend this truth that only the Spirit re can reveal? And thirdly, how does the revelation of the Spirit work? And it's really simple. Now let's take these one by one. Everybody say, a truth only the Spirit can reveal. Say it again. There are truths that you have to understand that are insider truths. Now, people don't like it when you say that, but it's like an insider family joke or an insider family truth. There are truths that are only for God's family. Everybody say, only for God's family. Halingbawa. If Sister Bev and I were shopping in Korea at the Lotte department store, now you got to understand, Lotte department store is the most expensive place I have ever been in my life. But say we are in there and we want to shop. And we are looking at a purse for Sister Beth. Now, as we look at the purse, we see that the price is uh, more than we can comprehend. And whether it's in yen or won, whether it's in won or whether it's in U.S. dollars or pesos, you look at it and go, that's way too many zeros. I would look at Sister Beth and say, Grabe talaga. Puede pero pajero. It's a Green Hills lung. Are we still here? Get the same thing, Parejo. 
Now, when I said that, would the Korean lady know what I'm talking about? Would she have a revelation of Green Hills? Would she know that we're talking about the imitation at Green Hills? She would never understand that. That would be a, a family insider understanding. You have to be Pinoy to understand Green Hills. It's like when Neverclaim was here. They went out and bought, I have no idea how many tennis shoes. How many tennis shoes did that one guy buy? When we got to Cebu, he had one entire suitcase of tennis shoes. Ten pairs. How do you wear ten pairs of tennis shoes? But he bought Parejo. Now, forgive me, but they're probably made in the same factory, or they look just alike, or whatever. Nobody's going to know the difference. But if he buys them in America, they're what, $300 each? And how much do they cost at Green Hills? 1,500 pesos? Gee, what do you want? 15,000, 18,000, or 1,005? How many of you will pay 1,005? My Ilocano is manifesting. Now, we understand as Pinoys what Green Hills mean. It's a, it's a Pinoy truth. It's a what truth? I want you to understand that there are family of God truths. He says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7, But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Not for unsaved people's glory, for our glory. Verse 9, But as it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. But, and then he goes on in verse 10, these things have been revealed to us, not to the world. You, you can't go to the library and pick up a book and learn about this. You, you can't go to Power Books or National Bookstore and learn about this. This is revealed to us through the Spirit. This is insider truth. Everybody say, family truth. Say it again. Just like there are promises of God. That, and again, people don't like it when you say this, but there are promises of God that are just for believers. Everybody say, just for believers. For instance, Romans 8, verse 28. Remember, Paul likes this phrase, for those who God loves, or those who love God. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now listen, you can't go down the street and tell everybody, you can't see some guy run over by a Jeep and go, all things work together for your good. All things don't work together for good for him. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. There are promises that are just for the people of God. There are truth. There are revelation understandings that are just for the people of God. Now what is this truth that only the Spirit reveals to us, to God's people? Well. Chapter, not, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. As it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Now look on down at verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand the things freely given us by God. The Holy Spirit 
it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal to us. It takes a revelation of the Holy Spirit for us to understand the things freely given to us by God. It takes the Holy Spirit to give us a revelation, knowledge, understanding of the things God has prepared for us. Everybody say, prepared for us, freely given to us. Now, I almost just put the whole sermon about this, and it's, it's hard for me to move on past this truth, but I, I do want to spend a few, few minutes with this truth. In one sense, I have no idea how to explain this to you. How do I put the infinite into finite words? Now, now think with me. The part about the things God has freely given us, okay, I get that in part. That's pretty easy to explain. Everything we receive is by grace. And everybody said? But now some Christians, they need a revelation. You don't have to earn the blessings of God. He loves you. I can't hear you. But every one of us needs to come to that place in our life that we don't earn the blessings of God. We don't deserve the blessings of God. We don't deserve the things that God gives us. He freely gives them to us. Everybody say freely. God's not a stingy God that you have to motivate into generosity. God loves you. He's your heavenly Father. He loves to freely give to you. I, I didn't hear you. But now back up because the other one's more difficult. He says in verse 9, what God has prepared for those who love him. You need to get a, you, you need the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation that God has things prepared for your life. Ulitanathan, God has everything prepared for my life. Brothers and sisters, you are not an accident. And God is not making things up as he goes for your life. God has a plan for your life. I, I didn't hear you. And God's not making it up as he goes. God's not, you know, God is not God the spontaneous one who just kind of, let's, let's make it up on the fly. That's not God. God is a meticulous planner. I mean, please, look around at creation. I mean, have you ever looked at insects and see how, I mean, you don't like looking at bugs, I know, but take a bug and stick it under a microscope. Even a bug that you disdain is meticulously created. Look at a flower. They are meticulously created. I mean, you, you look at the details of God's creation on this earth. And you begin to say, yeah, I understand now why the heavens, why, why the earth and, the, and creation declare the glory of God. It, it shows who God is. I mean, you, you see the meticulous character of the planning of God. God is not making up your life as you go. God has everything prepared for you. Everybody shout prepared. Now, in this life, everything's prepared. God has a husband prepared for you, Pastora. Cecil. God has a husband prepared for you, Pastora Paula. I better be good and not be naughty. God has children prepared for you. 
Young people, please. God has your tuition prepared. God has your career prepared. God has the businesses that you're going to open prepared. Your life is not some accident that just kind of, your, your life is not a train wreck that you're trying to figure out as you go. Your life, God has a plan for your life. Your life has been meticulously prepared for. Now, when you understand that, now all of a sudden you realize why Jesus said, why do you worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. You say, well, how could Jesus have such a, a simple rest of faith? He understood everything is prepared. I mean, you look at J Jesus understood. I mean, this is, I had to be so careful because I really started digging into this. Jesus understood everything was prepared. He said, oh, listen, uh, when you go over there, you're going you're gonna to find a guy carrying a water pot. He's going to take you to the house. That's where we're going to have the Last Supper. He, he knew it was prepared. Hey, when you, you go into that village, you're going to find a donkey there because, you know, God's got this prepared, and there was a prophecy that I'd be writing this young colt in. Just go over there, you'll find it. Tell him the master needs it. He'll say, okay. You know, you wonder why Jesus could have such a simple faith in the Father. He understood the Father has everything prepared. Now, our role is, is to spend time and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal this truth to us, and then we keep in step with the Spirit. Did you hear what I just said? Now, we, we can make a mess of things by going, okay, God, this is what you've got prepared, but, you know, I want to go over here. Well, there's nothing prepared over here. It's prepared in His plan. Everybody say, it's prepared in the plan. Stick to the plan. Everybody shout, stick to the plan. Say it again. Now, young parents, sometimes you've got everything prepared for your kids, and, and then they decide to go a different direction, and you go, grave telega. Why couldn't they just stick to the plan? Everything was prepared. Now, if you understand that illustration, multiply it by infinity. This is your heavenly Father. Your heavenly Father's got everything laid out. Now, now young people, you, you struggle with this right now. But those of you that are a little older, I'm a little older. I'm still young, but I'm a little older. I'm not, I'm sort of young. Pastor Manalo, you're sort of young. Okay. But when you're sort of young, you can look back a little bit and you can go, my goodness, would you look at how God had all that laid out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you, you look, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Eat that someone, come on. You know, you just look back a little bit and you go, my goodness, everything just, everything was ready. Everything was just prepared. All I did was just walk in the steps, keep in step with the Spirit, and it was all there. You must begin to get this revelation. But please, the reason this is so hard to preach is it's not just about this silly, short life on this earth. Our life on this earth is 70, 80 years for good behavior, so to speak. But remember, you're going to live for eternity. Look at the person next to you and say, I am an immortal. You have a beginning, but you have no end. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. Ah, the Spirit needs to reveal that to you. You're not afraid of death because you know 
he's prepared a place for me. He didn't just prepare everything for me in life. He's prepared a place for me. I have a place in heaven. It's prepared. It's what? But again, take it past then. All the ruling and reigning with Christ for a thousand years in the millennium, all of that's prepared. All the new heaven and the new earth for all eternity, all of that's prepared. You have to understand, your heavenly Father has got everything prepared for your life. Ulita nothing, everything prepared. There is nothing that takes him by surprise. Now, when this revelation of the Spirit really begins to be a part of your life, you, you stop worrying about, well, what are we going to eat? Where are we going to sleep? What are we going to wear? You've been there. You know the Father will provide. There is a simple rest of faith that comes into your life. And, and people are always trying to struggle for this rest of faith and believing God for His promises. And, you know, oh, yeah. Folks, it's all prepared. And if you would simply allow the Holy Spirit to give you that, that revelation that everything is prepared and these things have been freely given to you, they've been what? All of a sudden, there's a simple rest of faith. Now, now yes, again, please don't take this truth and stretch it into fatalistic living. You know, we, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. We have to do the plan. Everybody say, live the plan. Say it again. Say it louder. Say it louder. You know, like, for instance, in the old days when you used to buy an educational plan and say you bought an educational plan for your child at LaSalle. And when it's time to go to college, your son says, no, I don't want to go to college in the Philippines. I want to go to college in the Singapore. Well, everything is prepared for LaSalle. But he doesn't want the plan. So now he's going to go flip burgers in McDonald's to work his way through college in Singapore. And why didn't my parents take care of me? Well, they did take care of you. They had everything prepared. You just decided you didn't want LaSalle. You wanted Singapore. Are we still here? Now, now forgive me. Some of us, that's, that's our problem with God. God's got everything prepared, but we don't want to keep in step with the Spirit. We, we don't like God's plan. Please. How many times, at the beginning of the year I taught you, how many times you must understand God's plan is the best thing for your life? Because He only wants the best for you. He has no agenda but to love you and to bless you. He's not like anybody else you've ever met in your whole life. He only wants you to bless you and make you happy. He is not a user. There is nothing about the Father that is a user. There is nothing about the Father that is selfish. God is good and His mercy endures forever. Everybody shout, He's a good Father. Are you getting this? So Paul said, listen. The people of the world will never get this. They'll never understand this. For them, it's, it's a worry. For them, it's a stress. For them, it's a struggle because they're not in a relationship. But with, the, with you, this is a spiritual truth that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Everything is prepared for your life. You got married last year. When are you going to start having babies? 
you haven't figured that out yet. First, everybody wants to know when you're going to get married. Then everybody wants to know when you're going to have a baby. And then you have a baby, then everybody says, when are you going to have another one? True? They're already asking for another one, Duba. And, you know, as a young man and you're looking at raising kids in today's world and how expensive it is, you go, how will I ever... It's all laid out. God's got it planned for you. God's got it planned for you. You can relax. You can be at peace. Yeah, you got to work hard. Yeah, you got to keep in step with the Spirit. God's got it all laid out for you. Are you getting this? God's got all the sails laid out for you. But now you got to quit watching Eat Bulaga and go make the sails. It's prepared. It's not done. Uh, let me say that one more time. It's prepared. It's not done. <clears throat> it's prepared. It's not. You got to do the work. Everybody say, it's all prepared, but I got to do the work. All the sales of those condominium units. God's got, it's all, God's got the buyers prepared. You got to go do the work. God's got a job for you, but you got to quit watching Eat Bula God and go apply. Ahem. Ahem. It's prepared, but it's not done. Haling Baba, I love cooking. And it used to be in the old days when Sister Bev and I we just had a little apartment, and it was just the two of us, we would take Monday, our day off, and we'd prepare our food for the week. But we wouldn't cook everything in advance, but we'd prepare everything. We like to do stir-fry. You can do a stir-fry in about five minutes. So we chop up our onions, we chop up our garlics, our red bell peppers, our green bell peppers, our yellow bell peppers. We'd get some pork loin and chop it up. We'd get some chicken and chop it up. We'd get everything chopped up and put it in little baggies in the refrigerator or wrapped up in foil in the refrigerator. And then when we would come home late at night after services and stuff, we'd pull everything out, throw it in a wok. Five minutes later, we're eating. Now, everything is prepared, but it's not cooked. God has everything prepared for you. You need to do the cooking. Do you get the illustration? You get it? Now, everything is prepared. No stress. That's why Jesus can say, don't worry like those of the world. Don't, don't, don't worry. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Now, take it a step farther. Why is it that man's brains, man's wisdom, are so limited that we cannot comprehend this? And it takes the Spirit's revelation. Well, first of all, man's wisdom is limited by time. It's limited by what? The whole concept of time very strongly narrows our ability to comprehend. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 and 7, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, though it is not the wisdom of this age, or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Now, you, you need to understand that God does not live in linear time. Now, this is hard for our simple minds to understand. God is before time. Before time began, there was God. In the beginning was God, before time. God is outside. He's before time. He's outside of time. 
He's always in the eternal present. A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. I mean, when you begin to read some of the concept of time as it's applied to God, your brain just kind of goes... And then you just come to a simple understanding. Time is irrelevant to God. He does not live in linear time. See, in linear time, we can remember the past, but we don't know the future. For God, He lives in the eternal present. Every Now again, our brain has a hard time with this. God sees everything happening all at the same time. He's in the eternal present. And you go, huh? Uh, go, go meditate on that one for a while. It just, huh? But, but that's God. He, he lives, everything with God is right now. He's outside of time. You and I are thinking, our comprehension, Everything about our logic, there's a before, there's a during, there's an after, there's a, a past, there's a present, there's a future. Linear time dominates all of our logic and our thinking. And we can't comprehend that since eternity passed, everything was prepared for us. God knew us by name. God knew every decision that we would make. From eternity past, to eternity future, it's all been laid out in a plan. Now that, in my simple brain, is enough to make my brain go tilt. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, you've got to be cool. We can't comprehend it. We just accept it. Secondly, man's wisdom is limited by his human senses. Paul says in verse 9, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, Okay, so my human senses are limited because they're in the present. They're in the what? You can't smell the past. You can remember a smell from the past, but you can't smell the past. You can't hear the past. You can't smell the future. You can't hear the future. You can only smell and hear the present. Your human senses are incapable of understanding the preparations that God has made because they're only functioning in the present. Halingbawa. Next week, the, the Young Adults Tour will be going to Israel. And I was telling some of them where the best pizza in Jerusalem is. That if you want some merienda late at night, when you leave, are you listening carefully? When you leave the Dan Panorama Hotel, walk out the front door, Go to the corner, because it's right there at the corner. Walk across the corner. Turn to the left. Walk up about 50 feet, and you will begin to smell it. And then follow your nose. The best pizza. And it's not kosher pizza. It's got real cheese and real meat. And sometimes, after so much kosher food, you want cheese and meat together. Now, that's great in the present I can tell them, listen, let me tell you how to get, if, if you just get hungry for some adobo. When you go down to, to Ben Yehuda one night, you go up to this one corner, you hang a right at the Aldo shop, and you go up, and then you walk up about 15 feet up this street, and on the left side, just smell, and you'll smell the adobo. There's a Pinoy restaurant. 
real rice, real pork adobo in Jerusalem. Got to understand, you can't get pork very many places. Now, our senses work great in the present, but they can't work in the past. They can't work in the future. How do we know what God has prepared? But I know that God has all the food prepared for the rest of my life. Because he said, I don't need to worry about what to eat. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto me. Are you getting the point? So, all right. Human wisdom is bound by time. Human wisdom is limited by, by human senses. Human wisdom, forgive me, is limited by human imagination. Verse 9 again, but as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, I've got a pretty good imagination. How many people here have a good imagination? Put your hand up high. You've got a good imagination. Put your hand up high. You cannot even begin to imagine the future. You can't even begin to imagine the place Jesus prepared for you in heaven. You can't even begin to imagine what the world is going to be like during the millennium when you rule and reign with him. But please forgive me. You can't even begin to imagine the beautiful things God has prepared for you next month, next year. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I smiled at a young man and a young lady. They were introducing themselves, and pastor, she just said yes to me. And I smiled because I've known the young man for many, many years. And I knew he'd been busted really badly a couple of times. And because after he was busted the second time, he said, Pastor, I'm going to be single for Jesus. I'm just going to serve Jesus and be single for Jesus. I said, you know, I can remember when I was a young man saying, I'm going to be single for Jesus too. And then I saw that blonde-haired beauty. And we laughed, and he said, no, Pastor, I'm serious. He had no idea God had prepared that young lady for him. Are we still here? You can't even imagine the good things God has prepared for you. The sales, the opportunities, the home. You, you can't even imagine the things God. Your, your brain, forgive me, I don't insult you when I say this, but your brain is not smart enough. You don't have the synapses. You don't have the, the mental capacity to imagine the things that God has prepared for you. I listened to you testify the other day. Can I pick on you for a minute? We all listen to you. I'm just a school teacher. I have very limited income. You can't even imagine what God's going to do for you. One day you're going to be embarrassed that said you're just a simple school teacher with limited resources. You're going to be embarrassed that you ever said that. You can't even imagine what God has for you. Because he shows himself faithful to those that are faithful. You can't even imagine. Look at the person next to you and say, my brain is not big enough to imagine what God has for me. Are you still here? Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Say, well, okay, Pastor. Oh, let me, yeah, we'll just move on. Okay, Pastor. How do I get this 
revelation that, that brings me into a, this rest of faith? Well, it's really not complicated. It's so simple, a two-year-old could understand it. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Okay? For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Now, again, Paul is speaking in a way that our human minds can understand. I mean, how do you describe the infinite God? People are always asking, Pastor, explain to me the Trinity. I have no idea. I don't even understand the human being. A human being is body, soul, and spirit. I'm one person, but I got three parts. I don't even get that. If I can't figure out myself, how am I supposed to figure out the Trinity of God? I just know this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I didn't hear you. At the water baptism of Jesus, Jesus, the Son, was in the water. The Holy Spirit was descending in the form of a dove. And the Father's voice was coming out of heaven. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everybody say three. I don't get it. I just believe it. You know, you know what I figured out a long time ago? I don't have to understand everything, but I do need to believe God. I, I didn't hear you. My rational mind will never comprehend God. And that's okay. I don't understand my wife. Now, how, how many husbands here understand your wife? Come on, guys. How many years have you been married? 37 years? Do you understand her? She still confuses you, Deepa. You still get in trouble, Deepa. 40 years ago, I still get in trouble. Brother Renee, do you understand her? She still, sometimes you go, huh? Deepa? If I can't understand my wife, how am I supposed to understand God? Forgive me, I don't even understand my dog. Three o'clock in the morning, her, 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 and licks my face. Now, forgive me, when a German shepherd licks your face at 3 a.m., you have been licked. Because his tongue is like that wide. He's... What do you want, Ronan? Ronan, what do you want? You roll over. He climbs up on you. I don't understand my German shepherd. How am I supposed to understand God? I just believe God. Okay, and that's okay with me, all right? I mean, for some people, they want to, they want to under... Uh, that's okay with me. It, it's all right for me that God is bigger than my brain. But the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. Now, to put it in human terms, which are so limited... Close your eyes for a minute and think of God as this vast repository of little post office boxes full of information, full of plans, with your name on one. And the Holy Spirit searches all through the billions of plans and reads through them and just goes through the whole depths of God. So he knows all the plans. He knows all the preparations. And then he continues. 
He searches even the depths of God. Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So who also comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? So okay, the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit understands the thoughts of God. Everybody say, understands the thoughts of God. Just like the spirit of a man understands his own thoughts, the spirit of God understands his thoughts. And then he continues in verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. All right, so the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit understands the thoughts of God. And now the Holy Spirit lives in us. How many of you are born again? Where does the Holy Spirit live? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? Now, understand, very simple. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit understands the thoughts of God. And now the Holy Spirit lives in us as his temple. Everybody say, he lives in me. So the one who has searched the depths of God, the one who understands the thoughts of God, lives in us. Everybody say, lives in us. Say it again. That we might freely, under, that, should be, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. He said, you've received the Spirit so that you could understand. Let me put it to you this way. The Holy Spirit searches the depths of God, knows the thoughts of God, lives in us so that we can understand. He is the great explainer. He's the great what? Now, some of you, you need to quit worrying and start listening. Now, I don't know how to make this complicated because it's not. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And that simplicity of faith, that simplicity of trust that he's got everything prepared for you is as simple as learning to quit worrying and start listening. He lives in you. He's, you've received him into your life that you could understand. Everybody say, I've received the Spirit so that I can understand the things freely given me. He's the great explainer. Halimbawa. You can either sit up all night and worry and fret and be stressed out, or you can get out your Bible, read your Bible, pray, put on some nice worship music, sing along, and before long, all of a sudden, you understand this is the way that I should walk. This is how to keep in step with the Spirit. You understand direction. You understand what? And there's a simple faith that comes into you. I don't know why it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I just believe that God's got everything ready. I'm not worried about what I'm going to do. God's got everything ready. There's a simple faith. Everybody say a simple faith. But that simple faith comes because you've listened to the Spirit. You've listened to who? You've received the Spirit into your life. 
And now you're listening to him so that you can understand. Everybody say, so that I can understand. Now, I don't know how to make this complicated. You know, you don't have to stand. Uh, you're, you're dressed all up like a lady today. I'd have you come. Uh, Pastor Cecil's got this thing where everywhere she goes, she stands on her ear. I won't make you do it. You're all dressed up like a lady today. But, you know, you, you see all these pictures wherever she goes to Cebu or Davao or wherever, she always gets a picture standing on her head on her ear. Now, you, it's true. You don't have to stand on your ear to understand what God has done for you. If I told you to do something difficult, you would go do it. If I, if I made it a works program, you, you'd go do it. But it's not a religious, legalistic works program. It's simple. The Holy Spirit has searched the depths of God. The Holy Spirit understands the thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit has come into your life so that you can understand the things freely given you by the Spirit. Everybody say, that's simple. Say it again. Now, how you live that is you keep in step with the Spirit. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? You spend time with God. Everybody say, spend time with God. If you want to know where I'm going, you've got to come hang out with me and walk with me. Is that right? Is that right? Some, some guy came to me one day and said, Oh, Pastor Summer, I just really want to spend time with you. I said, Dude, I'm busy. If you want to spend time with me, you're going to have to walk with me. You're going to have to go with me. You're going to have to work with me. You want to hang out with me. I'm not going to sit here and hang out and drink Coca-Cola all day. I got stuff I got to do. You want to be with me? Walk with me. Oh, no, I just want to hang. I said, Dude, I don't hang anything except my shirt's on a hanger. And he looked at me and I said, no, I'm serious. You want to hang? There's a closet right over there. I'll go hang you up. I said, I'm not a person who hangs. I'm a person who works. If you want to know where I'm going, you want to know what I'm doing, come be with me. If you want to know what God has prepared for you, you want the Holy Spirit to explain it, be with him. Be what? Read your Bible. Pray. Worship. He'll explain it to you. Everybody shout, he'll explain it to me. I don't know what God has prepared for you, but the Holy Spirit does. He has searched the deep things of God, not me. People walk up to me, Pastor Summerall, do you have a word for me? Yes, read your Bible. Pastor Summerall, do you have a prophecy for me? Yes, read your Bible, seek God. I don't search the deep things of God for you. The Holy Spirit does. I don't understand the thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit does. You haven't received me into your life. You've received the Holy Spirit into your life. Now, now please, I don't know how to make it complicated. It's just that simple. You spend time with the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. Spend some time with Him. He'll explain things to you. Everybody say, the great explainer. Now, we pastors do have a small role. He continues in chapter 2, verse 13. And we as pastors, he said, we as spiritual leaders, we impart this in words. He said, we, we help teach you some of this stuff. In words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. 
interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Now, we're going to get more into this next week, and it's a little ouchy because we're going to talk about, Paul said, you know, I couldn't teach some things to you because you're not spiritual, you're carnal. And we're going to see that there's spiritual Christians and there's carnal Christians, and the type of Christian you are determines what you can learn and what you can receive. But Paul said, listen, for people who are spiritual, for Christians who are, are spiritual people, he said, a pastor can sit down and teach you things. But he, he, he's not going to teach you the wisdom of this world. He's not going to teach you a sermon from Sermon Central. But what a pastor can do is teach you. And this, I'm always telling pastors, please, would you quit preaching everybody else's sermons and get on your face before God and let the Holy Spirit give you words. Well, Jesus didn't do that. Yes, Jesus did. Jesus said, my words are not my own. The Father has taught me what to say and how to say it. Everybody say, what to say and how to say it. So Paul said, listen, the Holy Spirit will give you words. And those words will help illuminate things for God's people. These are words taught by the Spirit. They will help the people begin to understand the things that God has prepared for them. But we're only a piece, a small piece of this. The primary work of you understanding this, this revelation of what God has prepared for you, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to let the Holy Spirit explain things to you. Now, now, please, straight talk. Some of you young professionals, you are so obsessed with your career and building your career and doing all of that. And yes, I know that there's a part that you have to play. But some of you just need to relax. And Holy Spirit, you know everything that the Father has prepared for me. You know every promotion. You know every transfer of offices. You, you know everything that... You know it all, Holy Spirit. Now just... Show that to me so that I can simply walk in it. Everybody say, teach me so that I can walk in it. Moses said it this way, Father, teach me your ways that I may walk in them. Did you learn something today? Would you stand with me, please? There is so much beauty that God has prepared for your life. Look at the person next and say, good things are prepared for my life. I mean, folks, when I look back at where we all came from, and I see all the things that God has done for you, and I see all the things God is doing for you, I mean, you just, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. You don't ever need to be jealous or envious of what anybody else has. God will bless you. Amen. 